Last time on Cozy City, our mavens boarded a brunch cruise on the SS Frying Lunchman. After enjoying their fare, the ship's star entertainer, Aster Idea, drops dead in the middle of the performance. Gasp! (gasps) 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 Our mavens are going to find out who murdered the scintillating songstress at sea. I am your keeper, Jen De La Vega. Welcome back to Brindlewood Bay. Cut to opening credits. We fade again into familiar drone camera footage, slowly circling an island, not unlike your Nantuckets or Martha's Vineyards. Fashion Island, you know. Interspersed with visuals of landmarks, we get snapshots of our mavens in the midst of their cozy activity. The camera pans inside a home, a gorgeous home, and we hear an incredibly loud noise. Is that a jackhammer? Is that an industrial-sized air conditioner? And as the camera goes up the stairs, it reaches the bedroom, and then it enters the bedroom, where it then enters the bathroom. That's not a jackhammer. (laughs) That's a really loud blow dryer. That's right. We see Maxine Mabel in her gorgeous blonde locks being blow dried, her cozy activity. And then she turns to the toilet where she has placed on the top a dirty gin martini and takes a sip. Damn. (laughs) All right. Can you give us a scene where uh, both of you are out in the town or investigating something? Yes. So the two of us are at a rodeo. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, the camera's on Hyacinth, who is uh, in the bathroom in a corner speaking to another person who looks very shady. And she's looking shady herself. And this is a sting operation. And then out of the other stall bursts Maxine, kind of foiling the whole situation. And you pose and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bijan, give us an opening scene with Hyacinth. The sound goes quiet. The camera is just seemingly held held at eye level. We're just walking through a deserted parking garage. It's really spookily lit, you know, arc sodium lights casting a sort of orangey yellow glow we go up a few floors uh and in the corner we see hyacinth with another person speaking intently as though they're <gasps> conducting a drug deal <gasps> and then we move closer and and another arc sodium light turns on and it, they're just making pottery <laughs> this is their special <laughs> spot oh my god All right, Bijan, give us a a group activity that you're doing. You're investigating uh, something around town with previous mystery. Yes. uh, Hyacinth and Maxine are putting on scuba gear, and (laughs) they are planning to go for a little dip in Brindlewood Bay, and they dive in the water. And as you see them looking at, you know, footprints in the mud, in the water, uh, you just see a hand float by above their head that they don't <gasps> see. Um, the mavens are scrambling to hide in a closed museum as a security guard patrols with a flashlight. They freeze in place pretending to be statues. What are each of your statues doing? Hyacinth's statue is um, holding a sword heroically like uh, like Joan of Arc. And Maxine is lounged as if like on a lounge chair eating a thing of grapes. 
Amazing. <laughs> the security guard passes through without noticing both of you. And finally, at the end of the opening credits, they're on Maxine's patio with piles of mystery books and cups of tea, specifically Earl Grey for Maxine and English breakfast for Hyacinth. And that's Beautiful. the end of our credits. <laughs> we fade into the lounge slash dining room of the SS Frying Lunchman, a luxury super yacht uh, that has drifted out 30 minutes past Brindlewood Bay's borders. It is dead in the water. Hyacinth has just lit a cigarette and is standing with Maxine and Zoa over Aster's lifeless body in the lounge. The camera is currently looking up at you from Aster's perspective as you discuss. Hyacinth blows smoke in the dead woman's face. Huh. Never seen this before. Maxine says... Actually, we've seen a lot of dead bodies. Everyone, back up. I play a medical doctor on TV. And she takes out her medical bag and approaches Aster. Zoa is wringing his hands. He's standing next to you. Oh, no, 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 no. What do I do? Oh, the guests. And he looks around at the windows. Everyone is peering back in. Uh, should we move her? No, we can't. It's a clue. We cannot um, Maxine takes her bag and kind of places it next to Aster because she wants to do um, a meddling move, kind of searching around Aster's pockets and just seeing if she can see anything fishy going on. Zoa is like kind of taken aback by this. He's like, who are you ladies? Oh, don't worry. We do this all the time. Smoke? You do? Uh, okay, to set off your meddling move, um, describe how you're going to collect information and I guess what ability is going to go with this. Sure. From your character So sheet. I'm actually want to do, it's part of my maven move is if I, I use my medical bag, um, I get an advantage. So I want to use that in combination ah. with, with my meddling move. Wonderful. So you're going to roll 3d6 and you're going to take the top two results and add them together. And yes, so what she's going to do is she's going to take out her stethoscope out of the medical bag, and she's going to be kind of like placing it over Aster as if she's like confirming that there's no sign of life. But while she's doing that, she's getting very close to the body to see if she can see anything like, is there anything in her hair? Is there any, you know, can she tell if there was, she was had recently ate something that could have been poisoned? Are there any notes in her pockets? And I'm going to roll to 3d6. First roll the game. Great. <laughs> and I take the top two. Mm-hmm. My top two are a three and a one. Uh-oh. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so that is considered a miss. Yeah. Anything above a nine, that would be a hit. Yeah. Um, if you had gotten a 12 or above, you would have gotten a void clue as well as uh, a regular clue. But no, you do not receive any clues. Uh, you get a complication. Oh, you are looking at her. I'm just going to tell you what she looks like right now. Yeah. Um, her mouth has turned blue. Mm. She had red foam dribbling from her mouth when she was trying to sing, and it has now dried up into this like weird bubbly crust around her chin and down the front of her dress. 
her eyes look freaked out. Like her eyes are wide open and she's freaked out. <sighs> um, but no clue. Uh, the complication is as you get closer to the body, um, you get nauseated from smelling whatever it was that came out of her mouth. Maxine, as she's leaned over, it's as if like she's been close to dead bodies before, but she it's kind of like all at once she gets this kind of feeling in the pit of her stomach of like, uh, I should I should not be right here in this woman's face. Uh, and she immediately becomes woozy. Oh, um, on second thought, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go sit down. Yeah. So you now have a condition, which is nausea <laughs> coupled probably with your seasickness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Hyacinth, that leaves you standing over the body with Zoa. Would you like to make an attempt as well? Uh, sure. Yeah. Hyacinth will do a, a, a meddling move. Do, we'll conduct some research. Uh, but she will, uh, actually, yeah, instead of examining the body, because she knows Maxine is a TV doctor, which is just almost the same as being a real doctor, um, <laughs> she's going to, um, look around for, uh, anything that, um, Aster might have been drinking or eating, like, on the stage, like, is there a glass of water that she was drinking from, was, was did somebody serve her a drink, is that nearby, yeah, that sort of thing. So she's she's going to Fantastic. examine the immediate surroundings for clues. Uh, I roll 3d6? 2d6, unless 2D6. you're giving me an item from your cozy little place to give you advantage. Oh, buddy, can I? Wait, can I only use it once? <laughs> yes. Even though it's a big magnifying glass? <laughs> yes. Really? I'm sorry. You're gonna, that's, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to risk it. The only item that is reusable is the medical bag. I'm not going to fucking risk my big magnifying glass. Then. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, I'm going to roll. I got a seven. A seven. Great. That is uh, technically a hit with a complication. So um, can you roll a d20 for me as well? A clue, a clue. <laughs> 11. Clue number 11. So uh, some of this background detail I'm going to give you is not part of the clue, but you're looking around the room. You are standing on the little 10-foot stage that Aster had collapsed on. She has her player piano uh, to the right of it. Um, on a stool on the stage, there is a half-empty um, blood orange Bellini with a maroon napkin underneath it and your clue a shattered maroon brooch. It looks old and it looks expensive. It looks like a family heirloom. And it's shattered. Mm-hmm. But you can still look at the backing which has her last name etched onto it which is Idea. Okay. Um... Yeah, Hyacinth picks this up and uh, stashes it in uh, in her bag and goes, hmm, guess I got to keep looking. Do I mark this in cozy little place as just like a thing that I picked up? No, it's just one of your clues. So it doesn't become an item that okay, you sure. can use. So Zoa is panicking. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like, it seems like you've done this before. Uh, oh, Yeah. The two of us, we're kind of, we get around 
<laughs> get around in solving mysteries is what I mean. Do you guys have like Alka-Seltzer? Yele walks up behind you and actually pulls some Alka-Seltzer out of his pocket. He says, for you, madam. And, and oh. dear, can you, can you get me a, a Bellini? Right away, ma'am. And Yella, on his way out the door, he lightly pushes the other guests who are gawking. Like, the boat is not moving. Everyone is sort of idling around and curious. Uh, but he very politely is trying to push people out the door and drawing them to his bar outside to calm everyone's nerves. Zoa is uh, uh, wringing his hands again. Uh, I should, I should, I should call for help. I should call for help. Uh, I'm going to do that. No, and he no, runs off. No, you don't to, need to call to radio for, help. for help. We could, we can solve this. No, oh, they always, they always want to call for help. Maxine, it's the police. They don't help. They're just there. They have to exactly. record what happened. They don't help. They don't help. They don't solve anything. We help. When's the last time the police solved something? Uh, uh you hear Chin groaning in the corner of the room. <gasps> oh, what happened? What happened? Where, uh, where is everybody? Oh, um. Is something wrong? Dear? Um, I, you should I sit down. I might have fainted again. And she has, like, meringue on her cheek. Like, she fell onto her own dessert cart that she was about to serve to you all. And she she's kind of rubbing her eyes. She gets up. Uh, she kind of rips off her chef hat. She's just, uh, it happened again. I, I passed out. Does that happen often? Mm, periodically when I don't have breakfast. Huh. And... As she's uh, walking toward the main dining table, she's squinting and looking at the stage. As what happened to a- Aster? Aster? What? Oh, I wouldn't. What happened I wouldn't to my sister? Over, I, I wouldn't look over there. You might see uh, something you will what? never forget. Come Here? with me. Come with. Come with us. What? What? And uh, uh, Hyacinth moves to block her view of the body and push her towards another corner of the room. What what, what happened? I hate to be... What happened? I hate to be the bearer of bad news. This is is something we normally allow the police to do, the one thing we allow them to do, actually. Your sister has died. And more than that, she has been murdered. Okay, well, we don't know about murder. We don't know about murder. It looks suspicious, but... We have to keep our minds open. She Although, was foaming red foam at the mouth. People die like that sometimes if they've ingested cyanide, say. But that could have been anything. Cyanide? Murder? Red foam, you say? Yes. I, and uh, while I have your attention, can you look at this? And uh, Hyacinth pulls out the brooch. Do you recognize this? I would say that you are... About to trigger another meddling move. Okay, great. Because you are trying to squeeze some information out of Chin. Yes, I am. Um, cool. Can you roll 2d6, please? We're getting clues. Uh, clues. We're not getting clues because that was a three. (laughs) No. No We're not getting clues. We're not getting clues. Um, and now your complication is Chin. Freaks out. She, I, why are you telling me what to do? Why do you have my family heirloom? And she snatches it from you. 
and she runs out the door. Oh, I guess now she has it. <laughs> it's still a clue for you. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time a suspect has run off with one of our clues. It's always the ones who are closest to the dead person. Makes you think. Yes. We really can't rule anyone out in this She probably case. did it. Don't you think? I mean, it could be her, but look at look at this ship. It's full of people who may have motives, and we won't know what those motives are unless we trick them into telling us. Right, right. We have to trick them. We have to lie. Yes. So we should get some investigating done before the police show up because you know how they like to tell us to go away. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't that, isn't that Detective, what's his name? Dalrymple? Detective Dalrymple. He hates <laughs> us. For some reason. I can't <sighs> imagine why. I mean, maybe he's just jealous that we solve things before he does. That's exactly what it is. But I do think maybe we should split up. Okay, let's split up. I'll check the kitchen. I'm going to check the jacuzzi. Ah, yes. Okay, I, I was going to suggest you use your Hollywood wiles and see if you can get some information out of the crowd out there, but... The jacuzzi oh. sounds nice as well. Well, maybe some of them are in the jacuzzi. <laughs> Who would be in a jacuzzi at a time like this? A murderer. That's true. <laughs> Good. We cut first <laughs> to the sun deck, which is located on the second floor of the SS Frying Lunchman is 162 square meters. It has a jacuzzi for six people with a teak finished overflow. As a raised level four deck for sun loungers, uh, and it also doubles as an unfoldable helipad. There are two access stairways and a dumbwaiter uh, to ensure discreet crew service. And uh, Maxine, you are ascending the stairs. You reach the second floor sun deck. And who do you see sitting on one of the farther sun chairs is Isabel. Ah, Isabel. So good to see you. Oh, hello. And she pushes her glasses up on her nose. I, I needed some quiet. <sighs> it, it seemed very hectic down there, and that was a really awful thing to see. It was a terrible, terrible thing to see. Now, remind me, Isabel, is this your first time on this cruise? Oh, heavens no. I'm a regular. Oh, you're a regular. Yes. Oh, that's, 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 that's nice. I, I mean, I thought the bookstore kept you pretty busy, no? It does, but I need inspiration for my dinner party menus, so I like to follow the work of Miss Chin downstairs. Ah, I see, I see. Ah, so did you know Aster? Not personally, I actually was closer to Chin. I asked her a lot of questions about how she makes those croque madames and lobster bisque and uh, all those wonderful canapes from the beginning of the, the boat ride. And then Maxine steps a step closer. Now, tell me, since you spent so much time with Chin, did she have any issues with her sister? Any sort of competition? Hey, you are meddling again. <laughs> So you are, yeah, you're meddling. You are inquiring with Isabel about Chin's relationship with her sister. Uh, please roll me 2d6, unless you would like to use an item from your cozy little place. Now, I have a condition. Do I? Does that affect me at all? Mm-mm. Okay, great. 
Um, I don't think any... I'm going to save my cozy little place items. And I'm going to get a six. Shoot! Let's go. <laughs> that is another miss. Almost. Look, we'll get them. Sometime. Yeah, you're gonna, gonna get, get you're gonna get them. We're um, getting a lot so of good backstory for now. You are getting a lot of great backstory. Okay, so that is a miss technically, and you have another complication, which is Isabel narrows her eyes at you. That's none of your business. <laughs> and she says, "I would like to be alone now," and she basically just turns away from you. Guess I won't be getting an invite to next month's dinner party. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, we cut back into the galley. <laughs> so the galley uh, shares a space with the dining room and lounge. It is across the hall from the restrooms. And uh, you are looking, Hyacinth, you are looking at Chin's workstation. It is very spotless. It's very well labeled. There are masking tape labels on the fridge for what is on each shelf. There is a clipboard with all of the inventory. Um, and there are some desserts that were a little smashed up on a cart because she had fallen on it. Um, okay. Does, uh, so, so Hyacinth is going to look around. Does, does, does she see anything, um, any personal effects? Okay. You are meddling again is that meddling <laughs> just looking around yes, her is. room for like her bag you are or searching something? you're right, searching fine. for a fine, clue fine. You're searching for sure a clue. sure all right uh roll me 2d6 please you it's know. good you take a lot of uh you know you take a lot of shots you know you're gonna get some <laughs> not this time that's a six uh, what the no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a miss <laughs> Okay, uh, your complication is that you are a little obsessed with a fish symbol you see, which is just a symbol for, you know, you've cut fish on this cutting board, but you see it all over the kitchen. <laughs> You're mm. like, oh my God, you are obsessed with fish symbols and it has nothing to do with any of the mystery. <laughs> something about fish. <laughs> hmm. Maybe a thread to tug. Can I just keep looking or like, what do I, uh, what, what can, you can I do? Keep looking. Um, you can keep looking. Um, I will say there is a lock on the fridge. Okay. Hyacinth is going to go toward the lock on the fridge and say, Hmm, there's a lock on the fridge. Wonder why that's there. Uh, and try and pull on the lock to see if it's open or if it's unlocked. Okay. Now different from the meddling move, this is something risky. So you are triggering the day move. Uh, so when you do something risky or face something you fear, name what you are afraid will happen if you do not uh, make this roll. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hyacinth would be scared of somebody finding her meddling with the fridge uh, and, mm. I don't know, implicating her in something. I'm going to tell you that if you go through with this and you fail, uh, it's going to leave you pretty vulnerable. Um you could actually hurt yourself on the lock by so touching it. You, you have a choice. You have a choice to back down or you can continue. Well, the fridge is locked. Why would they lock a fridge? Keep Let me going. in there. Let me in there. I'm going to keep going. All right. Roll me 2d6, please. Add them together and add your appropriate skill. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to use a different dice roller just, just cause <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to make sure. Well I just want to yeah. make sure it's, you know, <laughs> 
You're not going to believe what I just got. Oh, no. A six. No. <laughs> Plus two, so it's an eight. It's an eight. Okay. It's an eight. okay. We like Good. it. We're back in business, Great. baby. <laughs> so on seven to nine, so you got an eight, the keeper will tell you how your actions would leave, leave you vulnerable. So as you were fiddling with the lock, a sheet pan full of out-of-season cookie cutters and other tools uh, falls from the top of the fridge, hits you on the head, and makes a very loud clattering sound. Oh, goodness. Um, this leaves you a little shocked. Like, you're, that's, I'm giving you a condition now. You're a little shocked. You're like, oh, how dare something come into my orbit? All right. I've noted it on the conditions sheet. From here, both of you are separated. Uh, Maxine is up on the sun deck. Uh, Hyacinth is in the galley. You both start to hear crackling, like a walkie-talkie over the speakers. Okay. Yeah, crackling sound. Hmm. You now have access to the bridge, the captain's quarters. Maxine starts to head towards that. Um, yeah, so does Hyacinth. Okay, you two run into each other on the stairwell up. So you have the main deck where the dining room lounge is and the bar. Then you have the sun deck, which is second floor. And the third smallest floor is where the bridge is located. You both run into each other on the stairs. And as you approach, you hear Zoa. What are you doing? What are you doing? Ah, ah, I thought you had this all under control. And it sounds like he's talking to someone else. Maxine turns to Hyacinth and tells her to shush, putting her finger to her mouth. And as she slowly opens up her medical bag and takes out, this time, another stethoscope <laughs> that's in there and puts it in her ears and holds it up to the air to try to get a better read on the conversation. I think this is another meddling move. So you're you're searching for some information as Zoa is in the bridge. Um, so let's roll. Oh, you're using an item from your uh -huh. medical bag. Great. Uh -huh. So that's advantage. Roll 3d6 for me. And, and then add what, those results. what do you think it would be in terms of abilities? So vitality is actions involving strength, dexterity, endurance, athleticism, composure, a steady hand, calm disposition, intense concentration, reason, you're studying books, researching a problem, examining a crime scene, uh, presence, you're trying to charm someone, and sensitivity has to do with the occult. So I would say this is composure because you're both trying to stay quiet. I agree. Um, and with um, with composure, I actually um, I have zero, but I get my <laughs> top two, which is a six and a five, which means eleven. That's a hit, baby. You got a hit. You got a hit. Fantastic. You are listening intently to Zoa uh, talking to someone. And can you roll one d twenty for me? Nineteen. Nineteen. Fantastic. So Zoa's conversation seems pretty one-sided. He's just fretting. He's pacing around. He's fretting. You can hear him stepping around and saying, I thought, I thought you could, I thought you could do this. You said, you said, you promised, you promised. And um, he actually uh, comes to the doorway and ah, he, he sees the both of you. 
um, how can I help you, madams? The, the Bellini, dear. The Bellini that I ordered. Yes. Is this the way to the bar? We need the Bellini. Oh, uh, uh, Yele can help you with that downstairs. Uh, and he's trying to physically kind of uh, shoo you away from the bridge. And in the corner of your eye, Maxine, this is your clue. Mm. You see a little cutout uh, news article that is stashed in the, the controls. Kind of catches your eye. And Maxine kind of goes, what a wonderful place you have here, trying to kind of get her way in and snatch the news article. He sort of relents and he, he sort of, his shoulders drop. And he, he's scratching his head and he says, well, I didn't think I could keep this up for long. Uh, hello, I am also your captain. What? Oh, you're the captain? I thought I could do it after watching my family do it so many times. I just can't afford to hire more people. I, I thought that I could pull off today just, you know, doing as I usually do and then also captaining the boat. But I, 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 it seems that I failed. Uh. And he's he's really down on himself and he's looking at his shoes, which gives you an opportunity to look at the article, which is a cutout about the Mr. Excellent empire which is the fleet of boats the whole fleet of mr excellent boats were inherited by zoa all of them mm-hmm the patriarch of the family suddenly died uh just last month and zoa was suddenly put at head of operations and everything else. So captaining, ordering, inventory, every single piece of operations material, it was under Zoa's uh, responsibility. And this was his first maiden voyage as all of those things. <sighs> Captain position isn't normally something you cut when you're looking to cut costs, Zoa, I have to tell you. Well, it wasn't my fault. That person just walked. I, Because uh, nobody wanted to work for me. Huh. Except for the sisters downstairs in Yella. We've been together since I was a child. So you must be distraught that one of them was murdered. I know. I can't call for help. Look. And you look at the control panel and the communications rig has been ripped out. Mm. Who did that? I don't know. I've been trying to talk into it. I've been trying to reattach the wires, but it I can keep trying. It just might take me a while. Who else has access to this room, Zoa? Uh, he he just sort of looks at the door frame, which doesn't have a door. Uh. <laughs> and then, uh, typical. I, I was out of my budget to remodel up here. I prioritize remodeling downstairs, not upstairs. Uh. I think that was such a stupid move on my part. Uh... Yes, it was. But you couldn't have known that, so don't be too hard on yourself. Mm, thanks, ma'am. Uh, but what are you two doing up here? I... Honestly, what are you doing up here? The Bellinis! I, you were around, and I asked for one, and then nothing happened, and some other guy left, and I don't know where he went, so I decided to come looking for you. Ah, uh, yes. You might want to talk to Ye Yella at the bar. Okay. And where is that again? It is on the main deck 
at the front of the ship. Hmm. Main deck, and front of the ship. Hmm. He's, uh, he's got his hands on his head. He really, really doesn't know what to do. Do you not have a phone? There's no reception out here. Hmm. And our radio has been ripped out. Hmm. And he pauses and he points at the fuel gauge and his eyes are widening. What, uh, what, what does the fuel gauge say? Yeah. Uh, it is currently emptying as you both look at it. So it's not supposed to do that, huh? We're going to cut to commercial. Introducing a new type of pickle. It's fantastic. And big. That's right. There's only one pickle in this jar. It's so big. It's called... Big Pickle. It's the biggest pickle I've ever had. That's right. From the makers of... Big onion and big beet come big pickle. Mommy, I want a big pickle. Your kids will love it, and so will their friends, because you only need one pickle, one big pickle, to serve a whole party. Big Pickle, available now for online ordering and at your local grocery store. Hello, it's me, Jen, your keeper in more ways than one. Please forgive me for interrupting this episode of Cozy City with a plea. Nay, request. If you are enjoying this miniseries and every audio adventure from Team Fun City, we implore you to join our Patreon. You get the satisfaction of ensuring this podcast production can continue to give you a whole other chat show, good jokes, egg content, and streams. Did I mention there are bits? There are bits, people. Gain access to our Discord and hang out with delightful people who also want to play tabletop games. Where is this magical place? It's at patreon.com slash funcityventures. Again, that's patreon.com slash funcityventures. Now, I will return you to our mystery currently in progress. Zoa is with both of you in the captain's bridge uh, slash living quarters. He says, ah, he puts a finger in the air. He says, follow me, ladies. And he leads you down back to the main deck, but continues lower to the lower deck into the engineering room. You hear clanking. Bad, 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 bad. She shouldn't have sung. Bad, 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 bad. Awful. Who is that? I don't think I've heard that voice before. So uh, for the audience, Edgar, the ship's engineer, he doesn't turn around. You can see that fuel is actively flowing from a broken pipe to the drain grate at your feet. There is a large, like, five-inch gash in the fuel pipe. Uh, Zoa clears his throat. throat) Uh, Please excuse Edgar. He's very superstitious. Um... Edgar turns around. He eyes both of you up and down with a frown. Uh, We're going to cue a montage. (laughs) Yella is on the back deck, uh, mopping and whistling while he works. Edgar shushes him and says, Whistling is bad luck. Edgar is in an office. He's looking at a wall calendar of the ship's schedule, and he is shaking his head at Zoa. Sailing on a Friday? Bad luck. (laughs) Bad, bad luck. And earlier today, he abruptly takes a banana from Genevieve at the brunch table and runs outside to throw it in the water. You can hear him saying far away from a distance, 
bananas. Bananas are terrible luck. <laughs> uh, I think. Can I trigger an occult move? Cause like. Uh. Sure. What do you mean? What I mean, Edgar's, Edgar's a weird guy. He's a superstitious guy. Let me meddle at him and then see if I can hit him with an occult move. Because like um, this feels like the this feels like the place where, uh, you know, he he he's superstitious. Something bad has happened. I'm willing yeah. to bet there's a tarot card on his person. So the occult move, when you engage in an activity related to the supernatural or the occult for the first time, imagine what your actions would look like as a move. Say what triggers the move and roll with sensitivity. Okay. So what are you going to do to engage with Edgar and his superstitions? Uh, that's a great question. I think Hyacinth is going to uh, put her hand down her shirt and pull out a necklace and on the necklace hangs uh, an occult charm, something <gasps> that anyone would recognize. It's like, yeah, no, she's no, actually not just one. It's got a few charms on it. It's got like an evil eye. It's got a pentagram. Mm. He's, she's got just a bunch of different occult symbols. And it's it's like a, the idea is that it's just sort of a general like a, kind of like a secret handshake. If you know, you know, uh, And she's going to flash it at Edgar, put it back in her shirt. And then, uh, yeah. Cool. Um, you roll 2d6, please. Oh and add your sensitivity. My sensitivity is minus one because that's that's the normal sheet. You can get um, seven or above. Okay, well, we'll I'll, just, I'll just roll it and see what happens. You can also back down. <laughs> I think do it. I think I should do it. I think I should do it. All right. You have a gun uh, if it all else fails. <laughs> All right, let me roll this. Let me roll this <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> oh my god, Bijan. Jen, <laughs> I'm not happy to report this, but uh, I rolled a one. No. No. Wait. Oh, because you Snake got two. Eyes. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait. No. This roller is bad. <laughs> okay. So that is a miss. <laughs> <laughs> On the occult move, it has some consequences. It is not something the mavens can implement anymore. So you cannot flash that to anyone else as a symbol mm. of understanding. Um, you also mark Crown of the Void on your on your player sheet, Hyacinth. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh. So what is that? A shadow in the garden. Hereafter, during cozy vignettes focused on you or cozy move scenes involving you, you must also narrate how dark entities subtly, <laughs> subtly reveal themselves in the scene. Uh, I'm glad you failed. That's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now you get to be cozy and creepy at the yeah. same time. Snake eyes, dude. God damn it. Uh. Well, because you got that result, Edgar is really not going to regard the charm. He's he's really focused on Zoa. So Edgar is pointing a finger at Zoa. I tell you, renaming a boat is bad, bad luck. She's still the deviled egg to me. And he pats the wall where he has nailed a horseshoe. Always has been. Can I use that? Can we can we use that as a Nicole? Can I try this again? <laughs> he nailed a horseshoe to the wall. So wow. like she's gonna like she real so Hyacinth sees that this doesn't work on Edgar. She, he, uh, so she's gonna move she's gonna move closer toward the uh, the horseshoe and uh, move to touch it. Does Edgar notice? So Edgar did not regard your charm, but he does respect that you go to touch the horseshoe. 
he doesn't, you know, his hand is nearby. So he's kind of like, he's a little off put that you are in his sphere, but <laughs> he is not offended that you touch the horseshoe. And he's he's in the middle of a, a rant. So he's he's still talking to Zoa. I told that siren that singing on boats is bad luck. She got what was coming to her, if you ask me. I mean, technically speaking, it's the singing outside of boats that's the problem. It's not the on boats sing. All right. <laughs> uh, Zoa is it, Zoa's trying to calm him down. He goes, now, 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 now. We noticed the fuel gauge was dropping upstairs. So we rushed down here. What happened? So Edgar is saying, I was upstairs trying to enjoy that meal, but I came down here when the boat stopped. That pipe was already gushing with fuel. Ah, so you were upstairs while Aster was singing? Yeah, but I don't like to listen. I see. And so you have an issue with Aster or did have an issue since she was murdered. Murdered? She was murdered? Oh, you missed that part. Yes. Oh, yeah. Aster's dead. Cold blood. Very, like everyone saw, except for you. No, I don't like to observe that siren singing. Well, she's dead. And you don't have an alibi. And Zoa adds, uh, yeah, the radio and the ship's computer have all been ripped out. I'm afraid I can't call the Coast Guard. Uh, but before we go any further, perhaps, Edgar, you should, we should work on fixing this fuel pipe. He, uh, he kind of slings a, a giant wrench on his shoulder. Well, it seems like it's stopping on its own. And uh, he looks down and the fuel has stopped flowing because presumably it is empty now. <sighs> Do we know where that grate goes? Ah, yes, we have a waste tank below this lower deck. Huh. A waste tank. So it's just stuff? Yeah. It's a closed-off tank. Okay, all right. No, sure, yeah, no. I know what a waste tank is, but I... Sure. A waste tank would be a good place to throw evidence. Evidence? If it's liquid, presumably, or very mm. small, but yes. Mm. And Maxine starts meddling with the grate. <laughs> Great. Please do. Yes. She wants to get into that waste tank. Mm -hmm. Maxine going in the tank. <laughs> get it all right uh do you use anything on your from your cozy little place to wedge it open or are you just trying to pick at it with your fingers <laughs> no she's just picking at it with her wait fingers. hold on hold on I, oh my god yeah, i don't think i uh actually i have something that might be able to help you oh uh can i can i use can i help can i do this yes yeah yes um i have some sturdy expensive yarn so we could tie, hey. it, tie it to the grate and pull it up yes Oh, and, and then we could maybe use it to tie me as, as I fall down into the tank. It's not into that, the tank, Maxine. It's not that big. No, you're only looking at the drain, which I is about maybe six inches Mission across. I want to go down Impossible style. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need some stronger yarn. No offense. <laughs> okay, as you are um, fastening the yarn around the drain grate, um, yeah, let's, uh, please roll 3d6, take the top two, add them with your appropriate skill. Do I have to take this out of my cozy place? Yes, you do. And I'm rolling 3d6. Yeah. Yes. And I think the appropriate, um, quality will be vitality because it's dexterity. Okay. Nine. Nine. Oh boy. Nice. Okay. So you have, you get a clue. 
which is exciting. And you have a little complication. A little one. You have a little complication. Yeah. Um, Let's see. As you're pulling the grate off, you sort of um, fall backwards and you hit the wall where the horseshoe has been and you knock it off the nail that it's hanging off of. Can Hyacinth Hyacinth try and grab it? Before it falls, no. No, <laughs> this is the, this is happening. I'm saying as the keeper, ah, fine. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> uh, the horseshoe falls to the ground in a large clatter, and Edgar just inhales like <gasps> you. You are bad luck. No, her name is Maxine. <laughs> All right, uh, please roll a d20 to, for your clue as well. I appreciated that, Bijan. <laughs> she's not bad luck. She's Maxine. Yeah. Nine. In the drain, you find another crumpled up news article, and it's about Zoa having a large debt. <laughs> Aha. Maxine grabs that article. She doesn't want Zoa to see that she has it and puts it up her sleeve using a little sleight of hand. And she says, huh. Maxine, what does it smell like down there? Do you smell cyanide? It smells like almonds. And Maxine takes a huge whiff. And she goes, mostly smells like waste. And fuel. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like fuel because that's what just went through the drain. <laughs> and fuel. Edgar is like. He's shaking his head at both of you. What are you two trying to pull here? Figure I should take the emergency rowboat and fetch Sheriff Darimple. That's the only way to get us out of this. I don't think anyone should leave. Should be leaving until we solve this murder. Um, for the audience, the Mavens have a history with Sheriff Wyman Darimple. With every murder, he is always suspected foul play, but his investigations take months because he cannot produce evidence fast enough. He resents the Mavens because they don't conduct investigations by the book, but he reluctantly relies on them. So he never credits them in the Brindlewood Bay Bulletin, the town paper. Can you both um, work sort of out of the scene for a second? Can you name a few cases that you've, like, helped solve? The case of the movable toilet. Someone just kept putting a toilet in different places around town where it wasn't supposed to be uh, in a show of uh, misguided political defiance. Nice. The case of this the stinky grocery store. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a murder in a grocery store, and it really stunk up the place. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Edgar is mumbling to himself. Well, I think I can row out there without trouble in four hours, but then there's the business of getting to the police station. Mm. It is in your best interest to stall him. Um, I think Hyacinth is is uh, going to notice how obsessed he is with leaving. Say, well, well, <laughs> Edgar, 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 come on. We have a we had a scheduled departure time, so we'll have a scheduled arrival time. As soon as we miss it, people will start to look for us. They'll see we're out in the bay. They'll call someone. They'll send someone. It'll be very obvious what's happening. Yes. And Edgar, as you know, it's bad luck to row a rowboat. No, it's bad luck to abandon ship. Oh, yes. It's bad luck to abandon ship. I'm not abandoning ship. We're not even that far. I can see the shore. And they can see us. It's bad luck 
to abandon ship. Not everybody knew that. Come on, Edgar. It 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 is. So this is another meddling move. Um, <laughs> I would say that Maxine is trying to charm, or uh, <laughs> uh, what is the actual uh, quality presence? called? Presence. Yeah, you're trying to use your presence. So you're going to roll 2d6 and add your presence score. Oh, my God. This roller. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a four. No. no. This roller. No. Edgar doesn't trust you within, an, you know, as far as he could throw you. He he's just like, no, 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 woman. I'm going to fetch Sheriff Darrymple. And he kind of pushes past all of you and heads up to the stern side of the boat. Do you want to follow him up there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hyacinth explains to, to Zoa on the way, you can't just abandon a perfectly healthy boat. It's bad luck. I thought everyone <laughs> knew that, especially guys who worked on ships. Uh, well, Edgar's been lecturing me about luck this whole time. I stopped believing in it. Edgar is removing the tarp from the rowboat and something jumps out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hyacinth reaches for her purse suggestively so the audience knows that there's a pistol in there but she's not drawing it <laughs> mm -hmm. edgar has recoiled it is a doofy looking black cat hyacinth what is your cat's name obviously hyacinth's cat's name is merlin like duh ah, oh, yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah you hear a little tinkle of merlin's cat tags <sighs> and you and the camera zooms in on on its name and your address, says Merlin. We're going to cut to commercial again. <laughs> Does your room look like this? Disgusting? Smelly? Just downright wrong? Well, then, do we have a fix for you? Sandy Movers will move you into a new apartment. And you don't have to worry about cleaning it ever again. Because it won't exist. Or so, that's what we say to our customers. Out of sight, out of mind. Move and forget about your problems. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Existential mover. That was amazing. Um, okay, we're back at the stern side of the ship. Edgar is frozen. His back up against the deck wall and he is holding the rowboat's tarp cover like a blanket up to his nose. We flash back to Hyacinth parking the Japanese toy truck. The cat was curled up in the back. It sniffed the fishy air of the marina and jumped up. Snaked its way through the legs of all the other brunch goers and found the emergency rowboat to take another cat nap. Wow. Did Merlin witness the, the events in the dining room? Merlin has been fast asleep until the tarp was oh. removed very rudely. Yeah. Hyacinth uh, beckons to Merlin, picks him up and says, see, I told you to Edgar. He says, see, I told you abandoning a perfectly healthy ship is bad luck. Edgar explains quietly to you. You see, black cats are lucky at sea if they approach you and let you touch them. Yes. But if they head towards you and turn away, your days at sea are numbered. So everyone else roll a d20 and we're going to see how the cat receives you. So Hyacinth, you are exempt because you picked up the cat and it, you're its owner. Um, okay, I'm going to roll a d20 for Edgar. Cool. 
Uh, Hyacinth sets Merlin back on the ground. I got a 13. So in this case, uh, because black cats are unlucky on land, we're going to say that a 1 through 6 is lucky. And a 7 through 13, (laughs) nothing happens to you. Okay, great. Shannon, you're good. (laughs) And a 14 through 20 is unlucky. And the cat hisses at you if you get a 20. And you die. (laughs) Edgar got a 1. So extremely lucky. The black cat considers each of you. It flicks its tail to the sound of approaching thunderstorm clouds. And it approaches Edgar and lets him pet Merlin. And then uh, the cat turns and considers Maxine. And you said you got what? A 13? Yeah. Awesome. The cat regards you, uh, but continues to nuzzle Edgar's legs. Merlin never did like me very much on sea or on land. You just perceive somebody not being interested in you either one way or another as dislike. Yes, that's exactly right. Well, I'll be off then. Edgar pushes the rowboat off the back stern and steps on. He rows off, grumbling into the dusky sky. I think you have about four hours until he returns with Sheriff Mm. Dorimple. Okay. So you're standing on the stern of the ship. You notice in the distant ocean, the once purple-pink sky is darkening, and you feel a sudden chill. You are now leaving Brindlewood Bay. Thanks for listening. I'm Bijan Steven. I play Hyacinth Carter in Cozy City. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bijan Steven, on Mastodon <laughs> at Bijan at Mastodon.xyz, or on Twitch or Instagram or wherever. I mean, if you, if you look me up, just look, look it up, man. I'm there. I'm Shannon O'Dell. I play Maxine Mabel. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shodell. My name is Mike Rignetta. I was the voice of Edgar, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. And I am Jen De La Vega, your keeper for Cozy City. You can follow me online at Randwitches and on Twitch at slash J This episode was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York and Los Angeles, California. It was produced by me, Jen De La Vega, edited and sound designed by Sam Grant, mixed and mastered by Mike Rignetta. Pixel Riffs slipped through our fingers once again. We must locate his hideout before he strikes our community with another tragedy. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel.